Oh, hells yes, all you slashers and survivor girls. We got a good one this week, I tell you what. Oh, yes, I'm excited. I'm the good buddy, Lunchbox. And I'm Meg, and you need to quit watching Duck Dynasty. <laughs> no, I'm going to keep doing it because I love it. Hey. Hey, listen, Jack. <laughs> tell you what. <laughs> I mean, I grew my beard out. I mean, it's just, it's, it's just in my, it's in my DNA. It happens. Happy, happy, happy. Anywho, welcome back to another episode. Uh, before we get into the episode... Welcome to the episode, but before we get into the episode... Yeah, something like that. That's like, here's an apple, and then go for the seed. Allow like, myself to introduce my myself. Yeah. Um, it's all tiny-wimey. And- join us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Slasher at Creepin' It Real. You can email us at creepinitreal.cm at gmail.com with a movie suggestion or if you'd like to sponsor an episode. If you haven't hit that subscribe button yet, do it. We'll drop in your favorite podcatcher every Tuesday. And if you like merch, because I know I like merch, you can go to creepitatreal.redbubble.com for all of your spooky merch needs, or you can just click the link in the Instagram bio, and it'll take you right there for some sweet-ass t-shirts. Oh, yeah. So this week... Is your pick. Yeah, we are rounding home. Is that a thing? Yes. Anyway, we're sliding into home. (laughs) Baseball. We're Uh, sliding into touchdown. (laughs) (laughs) Throwing that hockey puck through the, through the hoop. He kicked a home run. God. Anyway. This is going to be fun. Oh, this is going to be a ride. Wow. Oh, Lord. I need to go get some G Fuel to survive this Yikes. Week. Anyway. Um, where was I? The movie. Oh, yeah. We're doing a movie. <laughs> you know, we're doing a podcast on the digital things. Yep. Going yep. through, you know, through our, our device that we talk through. That records us? Yep, yep. Okay, yeah. okay. I'm back yeah. on track now. Hopefully the audience is still with us, because, <laughs> oh boy. God. So, anywho, this is the end of our Creature Feature Month. Also, we're doing a sequel. Um, I chose to end the month doing Jaws 2. And I has all of the excites. My face is full of excitements. My pores are clogged with happiness. What? Enjoy. Ew. Oh, it's good. It's yummy. Ew, why? <laughs> but no, I am excited that you picked this movie. And on top of that... for Yeah, because all... you never pick the movies you like. Never. Like, I don't want to do that because it's not as Dumb. fun. Dumb. And also, I kind of know that we are going to tend to do those said movies at some point in time. But I just feel like it's... Uh, a better, <laughs> a better you, listening you, experience. Are you feeling like it's just a cheap pop or what? Yeah, I don't, I don't like to do the cheap pops, mm-hmm. especially when I know what's about to come. So, mm-hmm. and this was definitely in that line. Indeed. So that's the thing is like, yeah, I never like to pick the movies that I like, and you know when we do get to them, I definitely really, really enjoy them. And this is on the list for sure. Uh, that literally makes zero sense. Because you don't want to pick movies that you like because you like them? I'm going to talk to you about this because I'm going to edit it anyways. But that's the thing is I'm, I don't pick the movies that I, that I like, but they're on my list of movies that I do like. Sure. 
We'll go. My brain hurts. Hurts my brain. Anywho. That's you. So, uh, Jaws 2. Yeah. yeah. You, uh, you like big bulbs, huh? Yeah. So, yeah, Jaws 2 is... Uh, it's near and dear to my heart. Um, it's very nostalgic for me. And uh, so, yes, I am very happy that we decided to pick it. Uh, just because we, I, me, me pick. Well, well, I mean, we had to talk about it. You know, it's like we actually discuss and converse on what we're picking. So, okie dokie. Yeah. So, I mean, there you go. I mean, hell, I had to talk to you about Black Sheep for last week's episode, which was a gem. So good. How good was Black Sheep? Let's talk about that. Again? <laughs> How about we just tell them to finish this episode and then go back to last week? Yeah, I guess that, that'd be fine. I guess that's okay. But yeah, tell us about Jaws a Deuce. Oh boy. Jaws Deuce. Jaws. Jaws. Why two? you gotta make it sound like poo? Jaws number two? Jaws the second coming? Jaws the. The great oh, white turd. I was about to say, no, 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 nope. The R word. Yeah. <laughs> nope. Yeah. The one that brings a little bile to your throat. <sighs> yep. And rage. Yeah, like I always feel like Madeline Kahn. Flames. On like. my face. <laughs> I feel like Madeline Kahn from uh, from Clue. Just like the, the 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 rage, and it 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 burnt it burnt burnt flames, on on the side of my face. <laughs> like that's how I feel about Jaws the That fourth one. Mm, yeah. Anywho, so Jaws 2, which was the original original sequel, which sounds really dumb. Boy, we are really please stay with us. I promise this gets better. Um Jaws 2 was released on June 16th, 1978. It was made for a budget of about $20 million, at least that's the rough estimate according to IMDB. It ended up grossing $187.8 million worldwide. So this is why we got Jaws 3D with the weird cardboard shark puppet. Um, because it made nine times its budget. The movie was uh, written by Carl Gottlieb and Howard Sackler, the guys who wrote the first Jaws movie. It was directed by Jeannot Swark. Uh, it stars Roy Scheider as back as Brody. Lorraine Gary is back as Alan. Murray Hamilton is also back as Mayor Vaughn. Joseph Mascolo as Peterson, um, Ann Dusenberry as Tina, Mark Gruner as um, Mike Brody, and Mark Gilpin as Sean Brody. There is also a bunch of other people on here, um, not really anybody of note. Um, we have a bunch of random teenagers as you, well. Oh yeah, this movie was, was definitely full of teenagers, but there is one that I want to point out. Uh, it's the actor's name is Keith Gordon, and the reason that he stands out for me is because I remember him back in the comedy classic Back to School, starring Rodney Dangerfield, and he starred alongside a very young Robert Downey Jr. So he, probably too young. <laughs> he's very very young, new wave Robert Downey Jr. But uh, yeah, but with Keith Gordon, I mean, like he's just got that uh that look he played doug uh the i call him the wingman nerd uh he was the nerd that was also in the boat he was given that big elegant speech wasn't he also only like 16 when he did yeah. this movie yeah this is his uh, this is like one of his first uh, films um and 
it was hilarious because like he talks about getting the role and at first he had absolutely no speaking parts and it turned out that uh, like within like as oh, the wow. writer yeah as the writer was uh, developing the story, it turned out that they needed more parts for the kids, and because he just kind of can't, he had this like presence about him. He was able to get more parts and actually stay in the movie a whole lot longer, and not just be Kid A. Because there's a lot of kids in here that are yeah, it's you are complete cannon fodder. Yeah, you know we don't remember you. You're just at meant, all. You're just meant to be fucking shark bait. Yeah, so. So he, yeah, but I'm looking at his IMDb, and he hasn't done a lot, but he's done some really good stuff. He's done Dressed to Kill, uh, he was in Christine, The Legend of Billie Jean. Uh, He was also in Dexter. Well, he did one episode of Dexter. It wasn't anything. um, And he's done some TV, but he hasn't been He's done a lot of uh, directing. I mean, yeah, he's not like a big name star, but for me, just because I remember him as Jason Mellon from, I mean, I watched Back to School so many times. I'm a huge Rodney Dangerfield fan, so it's like... Nerd! Yeah, but I mean, like, that that always stood out to me, watching him. And I love that that scene where he's... Because he's playing as Douglas, and he's blowing up his raft, and he's giving this big, elegant, you know, theater speech. And it's just, you know, this will be our finest hour. And then, like, right there, he, like, he over, over uh, pumps it, and it blows the raft. And he's like, ah, shit. It's just like, just the whole thing is, is just good. And then him trying to be the good wingman to the other nerd who's, you know, pining over this girl. And then, you know, he's uh, just trying to get... queen. Yeah, he's like, man, like, you just gotta, you just gotta go for it, man. Like, you're fine. He's like, nah, you know, girls like that don't go for guys like me. Yeah, yeah, you're probably right. <laughs> it's like, wow, what a shit. So helpful. <laughs> Way to go, Douglas. But yeah, he's, he's probably one of my favorite parts of the movie. Well... One of my favorite actors next to Brody, so... In the movie, yeah. Yeah. So, where do you want to start this thing? Um... Because I have thoughts on a little bit of everything, but I'm not entirely sure where to uh, attack this monster. Well, with Jaws 2, um, I think it's... For me, it holds up um, just because of the time frame in between the two movies. Um, I mean, when we see Mike in Jaws 1, he's about... I'd say he's 12 or 13. 13. Yeah, I'll say he's about 13 years old. And because he's cussing at this time. So, I mean, it's like... Type and of he likes coffee ice cream. What fucking kid likes... Nobody likes coffee no, yeah. ice cream. Coffee. No, <laughs> gross. Um, it's the shock talking. It has to be. <laughs> no sane person would go, yeah, I want a scoop of coffee ice cream. Fuck. What? No. Call a doctor. <laughs> so we call those frappuccinos now. So, but that's the thing is like they, uh, <laughs> but that was the thing. Like, so now Mike is, he's, I believe a senior, a senior in high school. And this is during the summertime. This and, is five years ahead. Of t- ahead. Yes. And, but that's the thing is like the guy that they got to play older Michael, he looks like he's in college. Like, he doesn't look like a high schooler. That's. Yeah, but that's a par for the course thing for really any high school movie, but especially in the 70s. I mean, the cast of Grease was all 30. No, I mean, I, I agree with that. Stalker Channing was yeah. 35. Or who was the, the, the guy that played uh, Fridge in the new Jumanji movie? Yeah, He exactly. was the oldest one of all of them. He was like 35. 
five. He was playing a high school student. I couldn't believe it. So, but that was, the, I, I know that that's a thing that they do. However, it's just, when you see him as, okay, you're a senior in high school, he's believable. But then there's some other kids in there that are just like, you, it feels like it's a college town. Because, I mean, they're talking, they're, they're hanging out at a bar drinking beer and it's just like... Well, to know, be fair, in the late 70s, the legal drinking age was still 18. Again, this is just from watching it through this day and age, like through 20, you know, 21 eyes. It's well, seeing that... Also, just, when you have an actual 16-year-old being... You actually have a high school student being filmed in a group of those. It's really sometimes easy to see that they don't... Some of the actors aren't quite in the age range they could be in. So now all we need is Nicholas Angel going through there and be like, when's your birthday? Uh, February 16th. What year? Every year. <laughs> Get out. <laughs> so yes, it just seemed like there was just a, this bar was just filled with a bunch of kids and that just seemed like a, a nightmare for that bar owner. Um, granted, this is on an uh, island, so it's isolated, it, all that stuff. But, also, it's probably a dream yeah. come true. It's it's summertime on what's essentially a Cape Cod-type island. So um, he's he's thrilled to bits. To you got get, a bunch of sailor kids, and you got a bunch of drunk sailors. <laughs> it's summertime. Like the the bar the bar owner is probably annoyed but thrilled that he's making his summer Actually money. Actually, making some money. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what else is there to do on an island? So, I mean, like, I... Literally, I, that's yeah. it. I grew up on one of those islands. Yeah. Like, you drink. Yeah. And that's about I, it. It was just... it as a, as a young kid watching this movie, that was something that stood out to me. I was like, oh, those are older kids. They get to, they get to drink. And then when I got to be... <laughs> wink that age and I started drinking <laughs> Do no my, as far my, as your mother knows you were drinking milk <laughs> my tailgating with my big ass bottles of smearing off ice milk <laughs> so but that was the thing is like yeah it's I mean we did a lot of milk drinking I'll tell you what <laughs> um <laughs> the moo juice was a flowing I'm so sorry salty <laughs> Mom, I'm so sorry. Hey, you know what? No, my mom, no. She can deal with me drinking like that because I remember going and hanging out. Uh, there was a a local restaurant. It was like a, I forget what it was. I think it was like a, it's kind of like a, I think it was a TGI Fridays or something like that. But I remember her sitting at the bar with a bunch of our referees and I would go in there and grab, you know, a bunch of chicken wings and stuff like that before I would go and, and play or whatever. And she was sitting there with big ass thing of Long Island iced tea. You know what she told me? Oh, it's just regular tea. And when I went to go take a sip, she, no! So, liar, liar, pants on fire, shame, shame. Lit, yeah, but lit mama lunchbox is the best mama lunchbox. Oh, I'm not of course gonna lie. she is. Your mom drunk is great. Oh, of course she is. I remember coming I into work. I really hope she skips this episode. <laughs> yeah. No, I remember coming into work one time, and the night before, I got a smashed. I'm talking like Hulk came in and just did work. Like, it was... The, <laughs> the next day was a rough day. It was a bad morning, because I came into work, and I forget... <laughs> For like probably about ten minutes, I forgot my mom worked at the same rink I did as the hockey coordinator, and I walked in. I was like, "Oh, oh, you're there. Oh, okay, hi, mom." 
act natural. <laughs> it was the worst acting. She's like, you got drunk last night, didn't you? I was like, mm, what? Is there an answer that gets me not in trouble? She's like, if grammar doesn't, then you're fine. I'm like, huh? I'm gonna go to work now. She's like, you gonna eat something? I was like, why? Do I look like I need to? She's like, and she's like yeah, you probably should. And I'm like. Mom, I had drinks last night. Like, I couldn't, like, I was running out of lies. It was just not good. And then, oh, oh and then. Put the shovel down, Greg. Oh, and then my friends that got drunk with me last night came in and tried to cover for me after I confessed. And so they're like, oh, Craig, man, like, it's like, I, I know you, like, or I think, uh, it was like, oh, you had, like, a headache last night. Like, how are you feeling? You, you okay? Like, I know you weren't, uh. You know, like, you had, like, a little bit of a head cold. And I was like, dude, she knows. And then, like, mom's like, wow, a head cold? That's what you're calling it? Like, she's like, you all are in trouble. Like, So, anyway, drunk teenagers <laughs> isn't that big a deal. Yeah, no, it's, especially for hockey players. <laughs> and especially on a summer island. Uh, literally, if we want to talk about life on, on Cape Cod or, or something similar, um, that's what you did. You, you got know? drunk and you got sunburned. Um, and, unfortunately... That's- that was life on an island, like yeah. especially on a summer island, and a lot of the guys would take advantage of the um, <clears throat> passing through poon. They were just uh, a what? <laughs> they they were big fans of the uh, transient women folk. Uh huh. <laughs> yeah, because they would never see them again. They'd be there for the week. Did you like my jaws joke? Uh-huh. Okay. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. They would, they'd be there for the week and then off they would go. Mm. Salty. Something like that, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that was the thing is like watching Jaws 2 and seeing and having the focus really on Mike and all of his sailing friends. And that was something that was I thought was really cool where, um, you know, thinking back to just how teenagers are and it's like, okay, well, when, you, when you become of age, it's. You know, you go and get a car with these kids. I was like, no, I'm going to go get a, a, a sailboat. Mm-hmm. Like, that's that's what you your transportation is. Granted, it's like you also need a car and all that stuff to no, get the boat. No, no. On an island like that, you really don't need a car. You, need a, you could get by with bikes. Well, that's why. Well, we biked around Martha's Vineyard, too. So, yeah, yeah no, I, you, I agree. Yeah, you can get away with... You don't need a car on Martha's Vineyard. Unless you really need to get from one end of the island to the other. But even then, there's a bus or a trolley. So yeah. So, but that was the thing is, like, it was just nice to see that they were a good chunk of the focus in this movie. It, yeah, I, I would agree that changing the perspective helped a bit, considering that a lot of the beats in the movie were the same as the first Jaws film. Um, having the focus less on the buddy adventure side of it, where it was Brody, Quint, and Hooper, and the focus was mostly on on Brody, it was on Martin, um, in the first Jaws movie, to shift that to mostly Mike, it helped to kind of make the movie feel at least a little less stale than it could have. And this is the second time in five years that Mike has been nearly run down by a gigantic shark creature. Yeah, he's not... (laughs) The rest of his life is going to be boss when it comes to fucking sharks because we got little Mikey almost getting it in the pond mm-hmm. 
And then we get older Mikey. Almost, almost get it in the ocean. Uh, in the ocean. He almost got it, you know, just when they had to, like, pull him into the boat. Jaws 3, he's one of the workers at the sea park. The sea park. I have to say it like Roy, I'm the sorry. The sea Yeah, it's, it's, it's a sea world. Uh, and so he's one of the shark wrangler. Like, he's a... He's one of the... No, he's one of the marine biologists he's that works a, there. He's a marine biologist that works there. But, again, same thing. Dealing with a fucking shark. And then in the fourth one... He's killed by one. No, that's his younger brother that oh, gets killed in Sean. the... Yeah, 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 Sean gets killed in the beginning. And then he ends up in the Keys, and the fucking shark shows him up there. And t- hunts him down. But, honestly... God, that at made me some, s- At some point, Mike Brody needs to go, You know what? I'm gonna move to Nebraska. <laughs> I'm gonna go mess with bears. It's safe there. <laughs> There's no sharks in Nebraska. Yeah. So, but that was the thing. It was like I, I like that it did focus on Mike more so than it did Brody. Brody was still a really good focus in well, this. Well, the rest movie. of the series focuses on Mike. Yes, and uh, but with Brody, I like that it was almost like they were sharing the movie because there was stuff that was going on with Mike that. And, and his friends that really put a, a like a, a, a panicky focus because as, as viewers knowing what the hell is going on when they have no clue and then with Brody it's all the shit that he's dealing with yeah and, I yeah. okay let's just get into that shit show so the the upper mucky mucks on Amity Island have already been through one, in the 70s, the belief was still there was, like, a rogue shark theory. That's long since been disproven, but for the sake of this episode, we're just going to call it rogue shark theory. They've already dealt with a rogue shark. Just a handful of years prior to that, almost completely ruined them. And they treated Brody as if he was nuts, because it was basically, like, we're going to call it something else let's try to paint this in a way that's not going to freak out the tourists and all this other shit if um you get a chance go back and listen to our jaws episode from a little over a year ago it was july 2020 we did um jaws so we're dealing with all of that so martin gets the his spidey sense starts tingling about there possibly being another predator in the water. Yeah, there's just too many things that are happening, and he's just like... All signs are pointing to shark attack, and there's at least enough circumstantial evidence to make you think, okay, there's definitely large squalus not native to these waters in the waters. So, but they still treat Martin like he's crazy. And um, especially, like, the the hotel and motel uh, uh, owners, and then... Ellen's skeezy-ass boss... Peterson. Peterson, who is running the brand-new hotel that they just cut the ribbon on for that summer. It was opening just in time for Fourth of July weekend. And um, they're probably expecting a packed house. So, like, Martin goes, Hey, I think we may have a potential shark problem here. They treat him as if he's crazy. And you can see Larry... I think Larry believes him, but he's too afraid to just come out and say that he believes him because you can see his behavior change. There is a very interesting backstory to that and and, and to why uh, Mayor Vaughn, Larry, is acting that way. Besides the mafia wanting his money? Well, that. So, 
Um, read so, the book. Yeah, read the book. But that was the thing is like, so when Brody, he ends up uh, earlier on in the movie, there is a dive team that goes down and they find the wreckage of the orca. Mm-hmm. Which I'm like, oh my god, nostalgia overload, yay! Like, fangirl so I squeed bad, and it was. But then, like, the shark shows up, and uh, but there's a uh, one of the divers has an underwater camera and snaps a picture. Well, later on, well, it's, it's the camera kind of goes wild, like they're just kind of randomly press, pressing the button. Yeah, well, I mean, he's freaking out because there's a goddamn shark coming at him, and he and he just snaps a, a picture. Well. Later on in the movie, they uh, they get the camera, like, and they de- finally develop it to see what the hell's on it. And while Brody is in the photographer's dark photography dungeon, he... It's a dark room. I know. I like saying it's a dungeon. Um, but, yeah, so they're in there, and he's... It's a really cool scene because you're watching the photo just come alive and then you could see the shark's eye and just the bottom like the or the top part of its mouth because it's like fucking right on the camera it was right before the diver got bit brody is losing his shit like he is like freaking out because he knows what that is because he's seen that thing close up Mm -hmm. when he goes to larry like dolls yeah when he goes to larry the first time and he's calm as a cucumber he says, Larry, I think we have a shark problem because there's been too much stuff that's been going on. There's been boating accidents. There's been, it's just been yeah, just one like thing a few years there. ago. And Larry, as the mayor that he is and, and the town that he is. Who keeps electing this fucker? Yeah. Anyway? He has to, like, he kind of goes back into the same things where it's like, there's just boating accidents. It, like, there's no proof. There's no fin. There's no, there's no sighting of anything. Like, so we have no idea. Which, Granted, that is a viable argument because it's a boating accident. And I think he very badly wants that to be true because he really doesn't want to repeat of and, that summer. And his face shows that because when Brody says it, he goes, are, are you serious? Like, no. And then he has to almost, he's almost trying to make himself believe what he's saying. Yeah, like be- he's saying it more for him. Vaughn is saying it more for Vaughn than for Brody. Exactly. Yeah. And then later on, when Brody busts in on their meeting, and he's like flipping out, saying like, "Oh, like it's a shark! Like look at this picture." He's like, and and they don't see what he sees, except for Larry. Larry sees it. Yeah, Larry sees it, and he's he doesn't he doesn't ha- take a look at the picture. If you notice the, that scene, everybody else does. And then he goes, okay, can we go and, and let's convene and, and talk about this. There is a deleted scene that never made it to film. There's a but like, I almost want a director's cut of the movie that, of all the stuff that they added in, because it really adds on for all this stuff. Like, early on in the movie, there's a scene where Brody and Ellen are, um, are just driving, and this is right after the hotel scene where, do you remember where uh, Peterson comes up and he's like, oh, she's a fantastic woman. And Brody's like, yeah, I know. Like, I don't know what I, or Peter's like, I don't know what I do without her. And Brody's like, yeah, me either. It's like, I fucking married her. dude. Like, and Who do you think you're talking to? Exactly. <laughs> so it's just, you can see that. And then later on when they're driving, 
Ellen's talking about Peterson and the things that he's doing and, and, and trying to accomplish with the hotel. And Brody kind of gives that, like, jealous kind of answers back to her. And she just kind of, like, smiles. She's like, you're jealous. You're jealous of Peterson. She's, like, playing with him and, they, yeah. you know, the, the playful and shit. It's- I get where Brody would be just a little bit insecure because this yeah. guy's got a fuckload of money, but Ellen is so in love with that man. Like, she's oh, so yeah. in love with Martin. Never in a million... Because she remembers, like, hey, remember that time at the Jersey Shore? Yeah. And, like, they talk about these cute little stories, like, are peppered in throughout the movie. So you get a lot of... It still feels a little Spielberg-y, even though Spielberg had nothing to do with this movie because of the character stuff that they put yeah. in there. And, I mean, come on. When you get a woman that says, hey, want to get drunk and fool around? And you go, uh, yeah. And you go do the thing. Winner, like that. Keeper, yeah, come on, like she's a she's a great woman. But that was the thing is like, uh, they're like shortly after that scene, they pull up to uh, this parking spot, and and because Brody's dropping Ellen off at work, and there's a no parking zone, and Peterson's car is in that zone. And actually, the chief of police. So comes Brody up. comes up and he starts to write a ticket, because he's like, well, he didn't at first. He doesn't know it's Peterson's car. He just sees a, a, a car that's parked, and so he starts to write the ticket. Peterson comes out, and he's like, oh, it's, it's my car. And, and, like, Ellen's standing right there. And, and so Bro- Brody's like, oh, Bro- is it? There's a whole scene <laughs> where Brody's like, so um, so you do know that this is a no parking zone, right? And Peter's like, well, yes, but I, I just went in and grabbed some papers, and I was going to leave. And then Brody's like, well, uh, can I see your license and registration, please? Mm-hmm. And Brody goes right in, like, and he's just, like, the smug, like, and then Peter's like, are you, are you serious? Like, come on, like, and then he turns to Ellie, he's like, you know, you got, like, I, don't you have any, like, sway with this guy? Like, you know, can you help me out? And he goes, he's like, uh, I'm, I'm the chief of police and you're parked in a no parking zone. So, mm-hmm. sir, like, he, he basically, like, just, and so at that point, him and Peterson are just clashing and Peterson is just disgusted that. He's just mad at Brody. And then later on, during that scene when they're showing all, like, Peterson's kind of giving Brody the business, and he's just like, are you listening to this thing? Like, and then when they go all go back to convene about Brody, Peterson doesn't get up, and he kind of has this, like, pissed-off look. Well, yeah, because he's going to stick it to Brody. That's the thing, is, like, I wish they would have had all those scenes in there early on to help establish that hatred um, because then later on, once there it really is a shark, you know, then, uh, and also the, the stuff where Brody's shooting up the, the beach and, Yeah, you know. it's a school of bluefish, calm yeah. down. So. Hey, that's why that guy looked familiar. What? All right, so. You gonna nerd a little? I wouldn't call it that. <laughs> Peterson's played by Joseph Mascolo, and I was trying to figure out why he looked familiar. Um. For those of us who grew up in the 90s and the early 2000s and maybe hung out with our grandmothers and watched Days of Our Lives, he's Stefano. The evil Stefano on Days of Our Lives. So What a bastard. He was awful. Uh, Yeah, he played a lot of Italian-Americans on soap operas. That's why I know him. (laughs) So, um, anywho, enough of that embarrassment. But yeah, so that... I love that they... Did set up that whole tension between him and Brody. Um, but Vaughn, the reason why he kind of looked sick and he just was very uneasy the whole time was that, one, uh, I mean, uh, 
you know, Vaughn, like, the guy playing Vaughn, like, he, like, he was just a good actor. Like, I mean, he, that's just, I mean, so he was doing everything that he yeah, was supposed Murray, to do. Yeah, Murray Hamilton. Murray yeah. was, yeah, he was great. So he did everything that he was supposed to do as Vaughn, but during the filming, they were uh, about to shoot, and one of the assistants went over to, it was like, I, I forget which uh, producer it was, but he went over to the producer and he said, hey, M- Murray's leaving. And they're like, what do you mean leaving? Like, is he going to go to lunch? Is he like, they're like, no, he's going home. Like he's packed his bag and he's going home. And so they had to rush to the hotel and the producer walked right into the lobby as Murray was coming, was, was walking in the lobby. And he's like, Murray, what's going on? And Murray's words were, I don't care about my career. I'm going home. And so they had to they had to like sit down. He's like, what what like what is happening? Turned out that Murray's wife uh, had cancer, mm. and so he was going home to be with her and and go through the treatment. Luckily, she ended up you know getting through it and and survived you know for a while. And then, you know before uh, Murray ended up passing away, but at that time, so the producers were like, like we totally understand, but. You know, like we need we need you as as mayor. Like we have to have you in this. So what they ended up doing was they shot all of Murray's scenes in two days to get him in and out, and which is and, actually focus it. Which is great because um, Jano Swark actually uh, famously didn't get along with Roy Scheider, and was was. Um, Described as being difficult to work with. So yeah. the fact that they were like, all right, let's, you know what, let's just wrap up Hamilton as quickly as we can and rearrange the schedule for him yeah. is it's pretty cool. And it also worked out for them to uh, make sure that the mechanics for the shark was going to work and like just how, like, so they did rearrange it. But you can just, you can see, it yeah, you can just see how upset he was and worried and just that worried came out on screen because of his wife and that was something that was yeah he was trying to get through it that was really cool but yeah just the fact that they were able to do that in two days he didn't really have a whole lot of scenes but um i'm sure he was trimmed too like i i have a funny feeling that in terms of schedule they took a look at the what the scenes were and were like well what do we absolutely need to keep and what do we yeah but that that was the thing it was like uh, i think the opening scene where they're doing the ribbon cutting at the hotel because he's all like he's actually pretty happy think that was like one of the first scenes that they that they shot but then ended up uh or, or sure shot but, then with you get him. To, but then you get to the city council meeting and he's sweating um yeah essentially so you can see a huge difference in murray hamilton from the yeah. beginning to the end there's also a deleted scene inside the room with where they're actually talking about Brody. Yeah, I've heard about that one where Vaughn is the only one who sticks yep. up for Brody. Yeah. Everybody else Everyone, wants him like, fired. They, they, they vote for him to, to be fired because of him shooting off the the thing and just him being crazy Brody and talking about sharks again. And then, yeah. Like Mur- it didn't actually happen the Murray first time. Murray is the only one to say nay. Like, because he does not want Brody to be gone. Like, because he, it, like I said, it's just that underlying... Just that feeling that that you could tell that Vaughn's got, where it's like, oh shit, we got another shark problem, but I don't want to believe it because I need well, to make Vaughn money. Well, Vaughn also, <laughs> after that, Vaughn trusts Brody because yeah. he didn't trust Brody the first time around, and we all saw how that turned out. And 
Like, that's the thing, though, is in Jaws, the, the tourists, they came by the ferry load. Oh, yeah. They just didn't go swimming. And he's the one who was encouraging everyone to go swimming. Like, he, he had it. He, and you can hear me talk about this extensively on our Jaws episode, but he had what he wanted. He had the tourist dollars. That's what everybody wanted. But there's no, they're all on the beach. Who needs to go swimming? Why aren't you getting in the water? Well, I just put on my suntan lotion and, you know, the sun's out pretty good. It's just like, get in the water. Oh, okay. Yeah, no. No one's getting in. Just go in. It literally does It does not matter that nobody's getting in. They're still on the island. Yeah. They're still spending their money. They're still at the beach. And that's the one thing that nobody ever points out about Jaws is that if he didn't push people to get in the water, it would have been fine. It would have yep. been zero issue. And in this movie, he was the only one that took up for Brody because he realized how badly it had gone when he didn't trust the guy in charge who was paying attention. So um, that was probably the mo- one of the most frustrating scenes was actually the city council scene for me to watch. And I remember texting you going, oh my God, these idiots. Because every single one of them, the main complaint was in Jaws was summer dollars, summer dollars, summer dollars. And if you're from a tourist town, especially in New England, you understand that like your window to make money is a small one. You basically have to take up whatever you can, stash it in the bank because come September, September, October, shit was drying up. So, or like businesses would just close down completely for, from October to May. And that's a real thing too. Like try to go to Krista Kay's ice cream um, in, on Cape Cod in like December. You can't. Yeah. Doors are locked. So the, to have that scene where they're just like Brody's nuts and he doesn't know what he's talking about. And, and most of those people, except for Peterson, were there the first time around was really, really frustrating. And honestly, it was lazy fucking writing as far as a script point of view goes because they were retreading that same thing. When every sing- when in the reality of that would be every single one of those people would be zeroed in on Brody going is this really going to happen again what can we do the 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 one thing that i felt Brody may have been able to do a little differently is in the approach because oh instead of coming in like flying off the handle oh my god when he came in all hot and heavy just boom like fucking shark like we got to do like he's just going nuts on them like that was something. Or, oh, like I mean, because he says like, oh, it's like, oh, I've I've seen those things up close, and I don't t- tend to do it again. Like, I think that really set them off, especially when just moments before he shot up the beach and you know fired off his gun in, in a public area. And with that many people around too. Yeah, like that's that. He could have hit somebody. Exactly. So when they're seeing him kind of lose it with cyanide bullets, by the way. Very much so. Yeah. Um, that's the thing is like when he's losing it like that and he's you know coming in hot and heavy when he went to Vaughn and he said that they had a he thinks there's a shark problem the thing is like you could really sit down and try to dissect what it is or on top of that because hey we had a shark problem before so there had they they should have if they were a good town try to figure out some way of having a shark protocol Hence why they had the shark tower installed. If 
the town didn't believe that there was a need for it. It never would have been built in the first place. No. Because at that point, one, it's an eyesore and a reminder at what could potentially lose their business. So why would it even be erected? Yeah. And then on top of that, because when stuff like that gets erected, it has to be voted in. And maintained and everything else. Exactly. There's a whole thing around it. So they build up this huge shark tower, which is taller than all the lifeguard towers, um, and like a crow's nest, and, and Brody's in it and freaks out because he sees a dark shadow in the water. It turns out it's a bunch of blue fish. It's nothing at all to worry about because one of the fishermen is like, hey, want to stop shooting your gun yeah. in a crowd now? But, and that's the thing is, like, when that happens and Brody goes into that the, the town hall and I think if he would have gone in there – because he showed him the picture. and Yeah, but the, everybody at that table except for Larry was saying that they couldn't see what he was talking about. Yeah, he was like, oh, like, that's a shark. Like, he doesn't, like, explain it to them and he's trying to – uh, I, again, also, if he didn't shoot off his gun, I think he would have had a better yeah, chance. But warmed him up. Um, but that's the thing is, like, I think when he went in there and instead of saying, like, oh, it's a shark, we have to, like... Because he never actually said to close the beach. He just said that, you know, we have a shark problem. And if that was the case, he could have been like, okay, well, we need to get make sure that we take precautions in order to you know, preserve, uh, you know, the, the, the summer and everything else and make sure that everyone is okay. And he never really, he never did that. He just wanted them to confirm that what he was saying was a hundred percent correct. Like that they, they saw exactly what he saw and that was it. There was no talk of Protocol. There was no talk of safety. There was no talk of anything. It was just to confirm that what he was well, there, seeing was, was real. There wouldn't be any talk of it anyway unless that they believed him. So that was a bit of a problem. Yeah. And that got really very annoying. Um, it, they annoyed me more than the teenagers did. Um, one thing that I do like was the fact that they did bring in actors from the first movie. And kept and, and I was like, that kind of kept that consistency. Because I think some of them were the locals on the vineyard. Oh, they most definitely were. <laughs> it, was just, it was just so convenient that they were just already there. But it was just... It's it, helpful, it's yeah. It's still very nice. Like the... the, um, the uh, I forget her name... Um, she was the lady that had like the big uh, the Edna hair. Mode glasses, mm-hmm. and uh, she was the one at the beginning when they're uh, talking about or in Jaws one where they're like, "Hey, will the uh, you know will the reward for the shock be in cash or check?" And then they all cracking up laughing. She's like, "I don't think that's funny at all. I don't think it's funny at all." Uh, it's, it's, I just uh, Karen. Yeah, basically is what she is. Well, she owns one of the motels on the island, yeah. so. Yeah. So anyway, uh, not someone I'd personally ever want to deal with, but that's <laughs> so that was. The, you could uh, kind of subtitle this the unraveling of Martin Brody, because um, the from the beginning of the movie to the end of the movie where he's holding up the the electrical line, screaming, "Bite it, bite it!" <laughs> like an early glimpse of what would eventually go in Day of the Dead. Joe got it. Yeah. That, a version of that, it, it was really, it was the coming undone of Martin Brody, and which 
Roy Scheider, for a man who didn't even want to make the movie in the first place, he did commit pretty well to that role. Yeah, I mean, he's a damn good actor. I mean, it, it's... And clearly a professional, because he and the director hated each other. Yeah. I mean, that, that was the thing, was, like, it, it worked out, and, I mean, for Martin, throughout the movie, you could see the build-up and the progression, and when he loses it, I mean, and he's not, not necessarily losing it, he's just... It's almost like he's having like this this crazy PTSD. Well, you can see that especially when he when Mike is like I'm going sailing with my friends every day and he's like what is everybody's obsession with boats? Why does everyone want to be out on the water? And Ellen just looks at him she's like we're on a fucking island. Yeah. What else How is there to do? How long have you lived here? Like <laughs> where have you been? And he's still he had already had a fear of the water. He didn't like swimming in jaws. And then through that whole experience and what he went through on the orca now to have that compounded on top of it and you'd think after five years or so or however long i think it was five years between uh chronological i mean not actual time but like movie time between the two movies um you'd think at some point he would have figured his shit out at least a little he it got it seemed to have been getting worse because mike's like i'm going sailing with my friends and that's when he's that's when you can sign us kind of see the cracks a little bit and then the divers going missing and um, the the bites and the the recovery of the camera and all of the discovery of the orca and everything else it every every time there was another ding to him he's the cracks started getting a little bigger a little bigger a little bigger a little bigger um, and then almost losing both of his boys to this mad rogue, sh- rogue shark at the end of the movie I think was enough for him I think that's where he kind of lost it and he, if they didn't move off the island at that point I, I don't know yeah he it became this thing with Martin that and, and I like that there was a slow progression because at first when they like it's just it's typical everyday Amity stuff and again there's been enough time in between to where Martin is now able to kind of go back into dealing with people. It's like, oh, they were kicking my fence the other day. And it's like... What was the one who his... He was complaining about one of the neighbor girls who was... Who kept her shades <laughs> open. Yeah. And it was driving his son to distraction. Yeah, no, like, it was ba- it's like... Small it's like, town shit. Yeah, ba- yeah, basically, like, this, this, one, this girl would get undressed... In, in front of her window that's like wide open like right in front of his son's window yeah the, they face each other and, yeah. and they're both teenagers and it was a whole I was just like small town shit that's something you can go bang yeah. on the door and talk to her dad about yeah. like hey sir Mr. Neighbor did you know that your daughter is yeah. uh, doing a strip tease or, in her window or, or I mean it's like in uh, in, in Jaws 1 where uh, the assistant comes and is like it's like yeah it's like yes the local karate kids are karateing the picket fences it's like Wow, like that's again. He came from New York, so this is like it's got to be dream come true for him to deal with that petty shit after New being a cop in New York. I would I would say so, but I mean it's like it's Especially also being a cop in New York in the seventies. Yeah. And and I also I go back to thinking about Nicholas Angel and Hot Fuzz when that's the thing. It was like he's like super cop in the city, and then all of a sudden he gets sent to you know local just small town little area yeah. and it's like there's like nothing going on he's like it's like all oh, the swans escape it's like 
okay and then like that's what they do is they just chase a swan all day it's like it's it's got to be the most mind-numbing shit and brody i don't feel like he has too much to really do hell they barely have a, oh, it was a him big and one, it was him and one deputy and hendrix um who was also great and i loved they added him uh even more in this movie because in the first movie he just finds uh the the first swimmer and uh and he freaks out he's blowing his whistle and then well he becomes chief of police um when yep. brody gets the axe yeah oh and then like the the other scene in, in jaws one is like uh, Brody throws a rock at a window and says, "Like, oh, like, where's all our help?" And it's like, "It's just me out there." It's like, and he just complains, and like, that's it. That's all we see of Hendrix. Can you imagine? Yeah. Because they have summer help coming in from like Boston and stuff like that. Some cops from out of town. Can you imagine if you're a Boston cop or a New York cop and they tell you you're going to a little beach town? Oh my for god, the summer? Be yeah. It's like, oh, I'm, I'm not going to get shot at for three whole months. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, I'll go. <laughs> yeah. I'm going. Honey, pack a bag. Yeah, let's go for a vacay. I'll go to work and go vacay. That's awesome. But yeah, that was the thing. Is like, I, I like that they added him into the movie a whole lot more. And especially once Brody gets canned and he becomes chief. It's a very, it's a very touching little scene just because Hendrix shows up at... Uh, at Martin's house to see Martin and Martin's not there. He's out drunk driving <laughs> in, his, in his cop car <laughs> and he shows up. And well, he also steals a police boat towards the end of the movie. So, you know, whatevs. Well, again, he's, he's on a mission, but that was the thing was that he not only steals it, he runs it aground. Yeah. <laughs> Oops. Yeah. Again, I'm pretty sure Martin probably got his job at, back after that. So even after destroying police equipment, it's fine. Yeah, but that was the thing. Is like it was really cool. Just Hendrix is like you know like chief. Yeah, like I, I really, you know, it's like I appreciate. I, I like I idolize you. Like you're the you know one of the greatest guys I know. It's like I'm. I feel terrible. It's like I don't you know I don't like this. And then Brody like, in his drunken way, I I really. I like that kind of drunk attitude where he's just happy. It's, it's That'll just, be fine. It, it's a positive attitude. I mean, it, to a degree. I mean, because like later on, like he, he was feeling bad. And, it's and, fake sunshine, though. Yeah, but I mean, he's it's pretty bitter. I mean, it was just the whole thing. It's like, hey, it's like you know, this badge is gonna look better on you than it did on me because you're a snappy dresser. This <laughs> is like okay. <laughs> I'm uncomfortable. He's like, oh, we're drinking the good stuff. Oh, okay. And he starts like. Pouring, he pours a little bit for Ellie, yeah. pours some energy, and then he pours himself a big-ass glass. It's like, oh my God. Two fingers for you, two fingers for you, the whole goddamn fist yeah, for me. Just, like he just goes. And then he's like, he's like, to the chief. He's like, come on, it's a celebration. Drunk like, Brody is fun, Brody. He's like, this is a, I was like, yeah. And, and, but Ellen, like, she's just, you could tell, she's like, just stop. Like no. you're, you're 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 spiraling. It's just stop. And then afterwards, after Hendrix leaves, and then like it's still uh, the scene continues with uh, Ellen. Like she like hugs on Brody, and he's just like, you know, the, the only the only uh, he talks about. He's like, oh, you know, I shot my mouth off, I shot my gun off, and you know that's it. You know, he's like, you know, the the worst thing about this whole thing is, I've never been fired before. He's like, yeah, maybe, maybe when I was like a kid at like you know at the at the you know, grocery store, but he's like, I've never been fired before. 
I've never been told that I can't hack it. And, like, that was, like, crippling for Brody. And it's just, like, not the fact that they didn't believe that there's a shark out there. And, and he even said, he's like, yeah, there's a shark out there. They're going to, they'll find out, but it ain't my deal anymore. And, the you know, pride. that's, yeah. The pride's hard. But, um, but that was a cool little, like, comment. It was like, I've never been fired before. And he was so hurt. And I was just like, and I've been fired from many, you know, from a couple jobs myself. And so I know how that feeling is. I mean, is, it but... stings every time. Oh, yeah. So the shark. Ooh. I think the shark was actually, it looked better. It looked a little better than the Bruce in Jaws. An interesting factoid. It, it looked a little less fakey, anyway. They updated some of the the paintings uh, like the the paint textures on it but it is the same mold as bruce one so yeah but they altered it somehow not just paint they they streamlined the face they um there there was a few other things that they did where it, it didn't look at least head on quite as fake as bruce mach one but here's the thing though with with jaws because the shark didn't actually work. <laughs> the shark is not working. The shark is not working. Because the shark didn't work and you had these huge stretches of time where the camera was the shark, the music was the shark. Like you had other ways of inserting that character into the film. By the time you saw the crappy animatronic, you were so bought in, you believed it. It was a less is more approach basically because you had no other choice. No. With Jaws 2, the approach was more is more. So it's like, well, we have the shark. We've worked out at least most of the problems that they had on the first film. So we're just going to show it. They worked out the problems from the first film, but then they added more problems to the the new stuff that they wanted to do for the second film. Right, 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 right. They worked out... Yeah, the old problems were fixed, but the whole crop of new ones? If you saw the mechanics from the the original Bruce very streamlined the new director when they actually going through and like building everything they made it so complex and they updated everything as you mentioned like the jaw they added a it's a it's a fixture inside the jaw they padded it out yeah. so it wouldn't pinch exactly so it wouldn't it wouldn't go in which also made it a little bit more realistic i guess if you want to call it that um it didn't feel like it was just a like a a a Mm one-arm movement thing it actually felt a little natural for the shots that you could actually see i wouldn't call it i wouldn't say it was natural i'd say it was significantly more natural than initially than than initially yeah but it still was very clearly a robot shark yes but that was the thing was that the the one of the reasons why I do adore Jaws two is the fact that the director, when because they went through a, a director of the first go around and it didn't work out, and then when they brought in their the, the guy that that finished the movie, uh, they were going through and they showed him the script and they were like, well, we want it to be a lot like the first movie, and so one of his those the same writers. Yeah, and so, the same. It was Annika Brown too. Same producers. Yep, same producers, same writers, and even the the guy that did the um, the animatronic shark and the first movie, who also did the animatronic squid from uh, Twenty Thousand Leagues Under the Sea, 
like he's he's just been around forever, and so he did this. They 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 kind of brought in all the same people, um, but he, the director he mentioned that you know in the first movie we've never seen the shark before, so it made sense for them to do the the whole thing of like oh well you don't see the shark and it's creepier that way and 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 it totally is but in this he was like you know we know it's a shark we know what it looks like let's just show it sure and but i would argue that's to the detriment of the movie i don't i i honestly do not uh and the reason why is because it gave them more more uh, it's a little bit more freedom and more creative ways to film said shark. And that's the thing is like, yes, the shark is, it's, it's fake and you, know, it's, you can't really get the, I mean, it, it doesn't look like a natural shark. But that was the thing is like, yeah, they still had to do the same thing that they did back in the 70s where they had to take live stock footage of a shark to make it feel realistic and it it helped a lot but then when you actually saw the big animatronic it's like okay well clearly two different beings but that was the thing is that it gave them more opportunities to 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 get the the those bigger big scares whereas with jaws one you are focused more on brody and and not seeing the beast until what two thirds of the movie in or something like you that. You really don't get a good look at it until like the towards the beginning of um, the third act. Yeah, almost the, almost right at the end. So, but that was the thing was with this, it's kind of like, well, let's just fucking go for it. Like, let's you know. Um, I would actually argue the opposite of that, and for the simple reason that the reason why Jaws worked so well is in is because of the amount of creativity that went in. They had problem solving to do, and typically when a creative person runs up into like runs up against a problem that that tends to get those juices flowing better and actually sparks more creativity than if you had the thing that's why jaws worked as well as it did because the shit didn't work so you had to work around it i would argue that because for the most part anyway outside of the occasional issue Jaws 2, the filming went a lot more smoothly, but the the studio call from Universal was more shark. We need we got a fever. We need more shark. Yeah. So they went for it, but there is an argument to be made in a lot of movies where the monster is better when you see when there's less of it. Like I I in we did feast a few weeks ago and I wanted to see more of the monster. And the, the biggest reason why I wanted to see more of the monster is because it was edited so badly and shot so poorly. With a movie like this, where you have to have a man-made puppet, you can't train a shark. It's not a thing. So you can't really have the real thing. This is many, many years before CGI became... This was still, it was 78, so it was still three or four years even before Tron when CGI was kind of being toyed with a lot more. Um, you had to do things practically, and let's 
face it, man, we give these special effects guys a ton of credit, but at the end of the day, some of it was really poor. Like, it just look it's not aging well. It looks really bad. Um, I would say that the Jaws 2 puppet looks is aging better on film than maybe the Jaws 1 puppet is, but ultimately I think we saw too much. And I think that took away a little bit of the mystique of the creature. Um, so I don't know. I, I don't, I don't necessarily think this was, that was such a, a great idea, but studio gets what it wants, I suppose. No. And, and I actually saw, I, I, as you just mentioned, I side on the opposite end of that, just because if you really think it with this movie, they use the shark a lot more, but it's still done in a way that still hides the beast to a degree. I mean, um, they, they have to because do you really want to see the rig it's sitting on? <laughs> Not in, like, Jaws or... Um, Jaws what? <laughs> yeah. But, no, but that was the thing is, like, they got clever with the way that they worked it. Um, some of my favorite shots is the skiing. So when you had the girl that's skiing behind the boat and all you see is the fin popping up and it's chasing, fucking terrifying. Like, it's absolutely terrifying. And all you see is a fin. And then the girl goes down and then they just had the shot, like the live, uh, you know, stock shots of the shark swimming up and grabbing her and, and pulling her down. You don't see... The, sh- the actual like puppet or anything like that you see the close up of the shark's mouth like the, the, the real live action shark and then there was, it was some, it. a little bit of Hitchcock cutting there yeah to make that whole thing and work. then when the boat comes around and the woman you know she picks up the, the ski and there's no woman and no one's attached yeah to no it. one's there it's just the, the ski and then the shark comes up and rams her from behind you pretty much only get to see just you got to see just enough of the shark to go oh shit and then she catches that thing on fire and then it sinks down into the water and then we get a cool little uh you know scarface uh, scarface shark um becomes two-faced yeah but that was the thing was the shark amity needs not it, the shark it was wants. enough and then on top of that another scene that i really love with uh the way they film it is the pov shot like that is some cool ass shit, and now in, what the POV where you don't actually see the shark with the cameras, the shark. Yeah, like it's the, the but the but the puppet's not in frame. No, but the shot of all right. So the way they filmed it is they had a guy sitting on the back of the shark with the camera. Oh, where but, you see the head at the bottom. Yeah, you see the the head under the water, and you're like literally like right behind. The, the the fin and it's it's uh, and it's going right towards the all the like this is when all the kids are uh, wrecked and oh that's it, more uh, like it that's not really a pov a pov is when you're using the camera as it's, it's the, a, as the character that's what i'm saying but it, it's the it's where you're actually on the shark you know looking at what he's about to attack like shots like that were super cool and innovative and nowadays and you know future times with gopro that's something that marine biologists and like sharks you know people that study people that study sharks that's what they do now is like they'll actually attach gopros 
to the fins of these sharks and they follow them around and, and that's what you're kind of seeing so that was kind of a cool you know little gimmick um that made it a little bit different from anything that like steven spielberg or and, and, and his team could really do yeah i mean and that and again this is from the their shark was working a whole lot more and so they were able to do more things with it um another real a cool shot uh, that they had was that they had to pull the shark a lot, and there was one scene where uh, Mike is they uh, him and his buddy or his buddies are trying to pull him into the boat. He's been knocked out, and so he's he's unconscious, and so they're trying to pull him in by his life jacket. The sharks come in, and they time it just right where they pull his legs in, get his legs up, and the shark just skims the side of the boat and. It, it's pretty fucking terrifying. That that scene in particular, I think, did a fairly good job of yeah. of creating the tension. It it was a good tension builder. Um, it was cut really well. Um, the music was perfect. And we had John Williams back for this movie too. Yep. Um, the music was done really well. It it really set a mood. Um, that's one scene in particular I can point to and say that Jaws two actually did execute fairly well. I just. Uh, when I meant, when I say that they they used the shark a lot more or they showed the shark more, uh, really it's just I mean they actually did show the it, shark a lot more. No, but I'm just saying it's like they it's the fin like it was a lot of the fin or it's just if there was like a shark attack. Um, one thing it was uh, they showed was in the first scene that we show, which is so gorgeous, like it is just absolutely beautiful, and majestic. Um, is when the the divers first when we first get the the see the shark and they take the the picture of it. The second is when uh, all the kids are sailing and they're going to the lighthouse and they pass a bunch of divers and obviously uh, Larry uh, uh, Vaughn's son Junior yeah, yeah Larry Junior <laughs> he obviously knows them and they're like hey like what are you guys going down for they're like we're going for lobsters and he's like cool draw mine with butter it's like you know they're they're joking around with them and then they go down and it's all this like kelp gardens and stuff like that and the shark shows up and just terrifies the whole crew and stuff like that but it's like we get to see glimpses of the shark you know it just it, it passing through the kelp guarding and so it's they're quick like moments of the shark so it's not they didn't like just focus on it for a long long period of time it was just it was a lot of like quick little like chunks of it and that's something where i was like i feel like if there was just like constant like oh here's his face here's his face here's his face like it would have been too much but i think what they did was it paced it nicely up until the point when all the kids are shipwrecked and then that's when we get a lot of the big stuff. Like one of the other great little shots is that shark slowly coming up. Uh, so Sean, uh, he's been he's been saved by the woman. I don't even remember her name. Like she was just the hysterical one, girl number one. Like it's you know it's just that that kind of that character. Another nameless, faceless victim. Yeah, she ends up saving Sean and she puts him on top of the boat, but she can't get up. And the shark slowly just kind of creeps up and you can just see it coming through that just the clear water and just like comes up and then it just slowly just takes her. Like that was a fucking really cool scene. You know which one really you know? pissed me off? 
There was one on the water scene. It pissed me off. It was so fucking stupid. Um, uh, for the shark kill or just on the water scene? It was scene? a shark kill. Okay. That every second of this was like, this never should have even made it into the movie. <laughs> it's so fucking bad. So Tina and her boyfriend oh, Ed yes. are on the water. And they're on their little boat. Ned's trying to get Tina to take her pants off. And it's like a whole thing. And, just um, get the blanket. Oh, she wants the blanket. Okay. Yeah, because she has bruises on her butt and her dad has questions now. Um, <laughs> honestly, Tina, I have questions. What the fuck are you doing where you're getting bruises on your butt? Missionary don't do that. But anyway. So, it, that was a whole thing. And um, Eddie missteps and falls over the side of the boat. And he's... Oh, he doesn't misstep. He get, they get fucking rammed. Well, he falls yeah. over. He falls he overboard. Falls over, yes. He falls overboard and he starts kind of... Because the, the little dinghy's not anchored anywhere, if he, he starts kind of floating away and there's separation happening between him and the boat. So he ends up at, with a pretty decent amount of space between him and this little rowboat thing. And Tina is leaning over the side saying, okay, swim, 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 because she knows they got rammed, and she saw the shark behind her. Ed's in front of her, so Ed has to swim toward the boat while the shark is coming from behind Tina to meet him in the middle. Oh, it's terrifying. No, 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 that's not the word. That's a really stupid word choice, Craig. But but what, okay, if that was the thing, it's like, okay. No, 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 no. The point I'm trying to make okay. is that should not have been in the movie. It was poorly written, poorly executed. It was dumb. It was poorly Wait. acted. He's swimming toward the shark. He's swimming towards the boat. The shark is coming from the other side of the boat. He's in the middle of the ocean. Craig. Where's he going to go? Craig, the scene should have never been in the movie. They, they added it into the movie because of that. No. It was stupid. The logistics of that whole thing was piss poor planned out. It was dumb. He's swimming toward the shark. Swim! Swim! Get in the boat, Ed! Get in the boat! Oh my god, the shark that, is coming! He's swimming into he, the jaws of the of the shark. Yeah, he... It's like... But again, he's in the middle of the ocean. Craig, the scene never should have existed. You're missing the point. It's not what should he have done. Somebody should have caught that at some stage of development of this movie and went, huh, that looks pretty fucking stupid. We should probably not have that in the movie. Yeah, I don't, I don't agree with that at all. Craig, she swam into the mouth of the shark. I don't agree with that at all. Craig, how, okay. <laughs> We're not going to do a change my Stop. mind because it's not going to Because you're being, you're being stubborn for the sake of being stubborn. Explain to me okay. how somebody could read this script, film this scene where the shark is coming directly at him. They are swimming into each other. Okay, let's, let's. He's swimming towards the boat, yes, but the shark take, is coming from the a... other. No, no, because I maintain <laughs> that this is really fucking dumb. And I do not. Craig! This is stupid, and I don't understand why you're defending this stupid fucking scene. Also, Tina, terrible oh, actress. Agreed. Totally agree with no, that. He sw- <laughs> swim, swim, swim into the mouth of the shark. If the shark was behind Ed, chasing him to the boat, that would have made sense. But instead, the shark was coming from behind Tina, swimming under the boat, and Ed and the shark were on a collision course. 
He never would have outswam that shark. Not at all. That's why the scene should not exist. Do you understand? I don't agree. I agree that I, I, I say that it, it stands. It holds. No, it, it does not. I think it does. Why? Okay. So when they're out in the middle of the ocean, right? Bruce is out there as well. He's swimming around. He's hunting. Clearly, he's not afraid of a fucking boat because he just made one blow the fuck up. And he got charred for it. So? Extra crispy. Um, so in that case, he's going around and he hits the boat, right? And it's a smaller boat than what he just got done dealing with. It's a very small dinghy. Super lightweight. It ain't going to last. When he hits the boat from the side, it goes to this, it, it moves, and then Ed gets knocked out. The shark is taking the boat farther away from him. In that moment, yes, it is terrifying because it is choppy waters, and Ed has no idea what is happening. So he starts to swim back towards the boat already. That's what he's swimming towards. Yes. He's going towards the boat. When Tina looks behind her, the shark is swimming back. Yeah. He's he's coming. He's coming back. It's not a thing where it's like if he took the boat and then all of a sudden, oh, now he had to like swim back around and come back GPS style, you know, Google Maps. No, he's going to turn back around and come back. Yeah. What happened? Same thing with, okay, um, in Jaws 1, when the, the two fishermen are on the dock, right? And they... Throw out the, you know, the, the ham. And Craig, I understand the mechanics of how a shark turns around in the water. Thank you. So when the shark turns back to come back, how terrifying is that? It's not scary. No, but that's the thing. Like, okay. No, so, the scene is not scary. No, but. That's that, the point is it's so stupid. It's not scary. So when Ed gets taken, that's the scene that impacts me because he gets taken out in the middle of the ocean and he gets dragged in and slammed into the side of the boat. And then Ed tries to pick himself up, but then the shark grabs him and takes him back under and he takes a chunk of the boat with him. That's the scene that impacts me because, yes, when Tina is screaming, there's a shark, there's a shark. Swim, Eddie, swim. It's, it's the moment because Eddie can't do shit. She could just say, you're fucked, daddy. Like, sorry. Like, nice knowing you. Like, that could have been, that was it for Eddie. We knew once Eddie fell in the water, he was done. It was the. One of the, but it was. It's so stupid. It can't be scary. Terrifying is not the word I would use to describe this scene. He's swimming into the mouth of the shark. It was not poorly planned out. I mean, I'm sorry, abort. It was poorly planned out. That does not make sense. It's not scary because you're watching a kid swim into the mouth of a shark. I don't like it. I don't find it scary at all. Because the whole time I'm sitting here going, this is stupid. He's fucked. Who let this get past the, the shooting stage? I don't, I don't, like, again, again, I, me personally, enjoy it. If you don't like it, that's completely fine. I see the, I see, I see the goodness in it. And that's Craig, a, it, it, it's the girl tripping and falling in the woods. I 
And how many times do we watch that? It's stupid still every time. But they still do it, Meg. And he I'm ran saying, up the stairs. He fell out the fucking boat and he's in the goddamn water in the middle of the ocean. There's not an island he could swim towards. There's nothing he could do to get away Stop. from this. Listen. I'm telling you. I know what you're telling me. He was fucked. I understand that part. The point is... It was not well thought out. It was really stupid. I could not find the scary in it because you are watching somebody swim into the mouth of a shark. It was not well done. That scene should not have been there. It should have been something else. The scene was used for cannon fodder. It was used so that when Brody and Ellen, after they got with Hendrix to go in the police thing, to go after Mike and his friends... They find Tina in a in a complete. It's the shit. series of events. I'm telling you, once that got into the, it, again, it's just used for body count. In every horror movie, everything that we've always gone through, there's always something to add the body count. We had the Kittner boy. We had Pippet. We had like, like it. It always happens that way. It was just something to had that body count and just get it going and make the, the audience kind of cringe because of a situation that Eddie was not going to be able to get out of. And it, it was very terrifying. It almost kind of resembled the, um, the first death of the swimmer in Jaws 1 where she gets pulled down and you know starts being thrashed about and stuff like that. But I really don't think you can compare this to the first scene in Jaws. It, that set a whole mood and it didn't read as some stupid slasher victim running up the stairs when they should have been running out the door. No, I mean, of course you can never compare that scene. I, the, the, the only comparison was just the fact that the shark was underwater and he was thrashing the girl about. That's about the only thing in comparison. The scene itself, I... I love so much more than Eddie's death. It, I mean, is is that opening scene from Jaws one? Of course, it is. It, it brings up so much terror. And, uh, oh my god, can't like, can't do it. I'm gonna do but, you one better yeah. though. Not only do I think that that scene is stupid and never should have been made, this entire movie was unnecessary and should never have been made. Oh, man. The rest of this whole series, Jaws 2, 3, and 4, should never have existed. And I will die on that hill because Jaws is a damn near perfect movie. There's a neat little bow at the end of it. It's it, The movie actually had an ending. It yes, ended. It did. The shark blew up. And we're left with our two buddies at the end going, golly gee, I'm sure glad we survived that one. Roll credits, enter seagulls, done. We all ride off into the sunset. And then Universal's like, you know, but money. This was the first example of a sequel cash grab in a really major, in like a seriously major way. And... It's one of the most unnecessary and egregious things committed to film. Jaws never needed a sequel. What Jaws needed to be was left the fuck alone. The following three films, I'm perfectly fine pretending didn't actually happen. 
<sighs> Disagree. No, I'm, I'm just... No, I actually agree with you that Jaws 2, 3, and 4 never needed to be there. Nope, absolutely unnecessary. However, I'm a Jaws fan. I am happy that they took the time to do that. They didn't need to be done, but the fact that they worked out and it... it really? Yeah. Even that last one? <sighs> really? That shit show? That uh, diminishing returns thing? Yeah, okay... Jaws 2 and 3 I'm okay with. J- even Jaws 3 I'm actually okay with. Just for the j- the idea of having it in a theme park is something completely different. It's not on an island. It's not it's it's just it does it doesn't make sense, but it's fun. I'm okay with it. If you if you ignore the fact that it makes zero sense. And it, it was well capacity. it was all, I also like it too because it was filmed at SeaWorld Orlando and we live here in Orlando, and I go there all the time. We actually did um, one year for I, uh, it was my birth as was it I think it was for my birthday when we went, and we had our uh, our son. Uh, he was about about uh, about six years old or so, and um, my mom uh, was there with us, and she decided that she wanted to do something special. The shark exhibit is one of my favorites. Duh. And um, so she decided that she wanted to get us the little VIP. Um, the shark feeding. Yeah, the, the, the shark feeding and the, like the whole uh, tour. And while you are waiting for the person to come in, uh, you know, for the tour guide, you're standing back by the sign. And the sign that is up on this wall is the one that was used in Jaws 3. Like they still had it back there um, before you go back and see the, the whole uh, rest of the shark exhibit and stuff like that. Yeah. So I thought that was cool. But in it, in it Quaid, man. Yeah, Dennis Quaid. Yeah, Dennis Quaid's in it. Woo. Yes, <laughs> that's Brody boy. But that was the thing. It was like, I, I agree that two didn't need to happen. And it's kind of unlikely that a big, another big ass shark would have just swam its happy ass in and. There you go. The suspension of disbelief required to make this movie yes. or any of the following three films work yeah. is a huge thing to ask of an audience. Yeah. But for me, it's fun. It's fun and I enjoy it and it's more shark movies. So there we go. See, here's the issue I take with that. I told y'all this would be a fucking ride. <laughs> I have a serious issue with that because Jaws is the definitive... Shark movie, and I don't even hold it in high as high an esteem as you do, but it is the definitive shark movie. I would argue that just about every shark movie that has been made since is mediocre to trash. There has not been another good shark attack movie made. None that I can think of off the top of my head. Um, there's nothing that 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 meets up to the level of. The original Jaws. Exactly. Um, I think like there's movies out there that are a lot of fun and they're creative. Um, I mean, like Deep Blue Sea. Yeah. Doesn't make any goddamn sense why you want to make a goddamn Mako shark smarter. But at the same time. And they're already one of the smartest sharks in the ocean. Yeah. Let's make it so we can swim backwards and understand guns. And no, like I don't need fucking Planet (laughs) of the Apes with sharks. No. And it's like, if I see a shark on a horseback, I'm going to lose my shit. But that's exactly the... Hey, now. Wait, time out. It might be a movie. Nope, Simpsons did it. 
That's what Simpsons did do it. Yeah, dolphins. They did dolphins. <laughs> so that's the same. But either, but, but that's that's the point I'm trying to make is since 1975, even Universal has been trying to reach the pinnacle that Jaws essentially created, right? So nothing since has had a chance to touch it and come to that level. A lot of them haven't even come close, even in the same franchise. Some people like Jaws 3 and 4 because they're so bad they're good. There's alleged, there's that element to it. Okay, fine, maybe. But it's still not to the caliber of Spielberg's movie. That's the shark movie. And there hasn't been another shark movie or even a pale imitation of it. Orca? Yeah. Orca? Like, nothing that is in that vein has come even close to touching what Spielberg created. It, so It's got a, that legendary status, but I mean, you could also say that for possession movies. The Exorcist. Exactly. It, it's the pinnacle, but then every other exor, exorcism movie or possession movie d- just doesn't hold to the same level. And that's the thing is it's a constant chase. Yeah. It's, it's every underwater shark movie, whatever, is, is chasing Jaws. Now, I haven't seen every single one that's ever been made. Clearly, nobody has. So maybe there is an argument to be made for something. Um, I've heard some people make arguments for open water. I've never seen it. Whatever. Like... <laughs> Uh, I don't know. I've I've seen some internet things, but you know it's the internet. So whatever. The the thing that I that I have to to like to to put up for that argument is one. I love sharks. Love them. Favorite animal. Love them. I give them a big old smooch, but could. Mm. Yeah. I'd recommend against that. That's on me. But take your own life in your hands, yeah. man. But I love sharks and I love seeing sharks. For filmmakers, you always are going to try to do and, and one up what was done last. Try. Yeah, you're going to try and do that. So Jaws being the pinnacle, like it, it's the tippy top, it's the bar. No one's ever going to get to that bar, right? Because everyone that has seen that movie and is agreeing that that is the top tippy top is every all the expectations are going to be very, very hard to do. For me, watching a shark movie, it has to be different from the last. I don't want to rewatch Jaws. I want to see something different. I didn't say it had to be Jaws. I'm saying it had to be the caliber of Jaws. And that's the thing is like... But when you come across movies like um, uh, uh, The Shallow, right, with uh, Lake Lively, Lively, that kind of gave you that uh, essence of like open water mixed with, uh, it's just uh, a survival against the great white shark, which again, I heard that movie is not stellar, but at the same time, I appreciate it because it's realistic I mean other than like some things like I think there's like a jellyfish scene in there where the shark uh, tries to bite her through a bunch of jellyfish and it gets it steered away which that wouldn't actually happen the gray white sharks don't give a shit and they just 
No, I think some actually will eat <laughs> just eat jellyfish. They'll just just go to town on the jellyfish. It's like ah, okay, but I mean, still it, it builds up for the suspense because Blake is getting stung by jellyfish too, and she's trying to figure out ways of survival against the sh- shark that's hunting her. So I was like, stuff like that, I really appreciate in the thought process. Deep Blue Sea, it is a action movie. Straight up, yeah. Straight up with horror elements, right? I don't even know if we'd be able to do Deep Blue Sea on this podcast because it's more of an action movie than it is Well, horror, hang on. I mean, know? we could talk about the one time Black Guy Survives. Yeah, LL Cool J and the fucking parrot, yeah, man. Yeah, Bird Survived too. <laughs> so, but that was the thing is that it, I appreciated Deep Blue Sea and I, I do enjoy it for the movie that it is. Very unbelievable. Because of the premise, but that's the thing is that they try to do something different to get you entertained. The Meg, not you, the big ass shark. <laughs> the Meg is something different because they take that whole premise of. Does the Megalodon still exist? Yeah. And again, still action. There's a little bit of comedy in there. And it's just, again, you really have to. You suspend all, all your disbelief. I mean, but again, you're in it just for the entertainment. In- factor of it because it's something that has not been done no one has ever done a movie about a big ass megalodon i think sci-fi did something once and it was like Uh, megalodon versus like octopus and clowns from space like some bullshit no no don't put that in the universe (laughs) because sci-fi will go we're listening but i mean like even movies like sharknado as fucking retarded as that premise is you know, the fact that it's out there and someone thought it up and, like, tried to do something that was funny and they knew what lane they were in. They, they, yeah, they that's, knew. You, yeah, you can't pretend you're creating some Oscar buzz when you're like, so if we take a tornado and then we fill it with sharks and then we put Ian Zeering in it. Yeah. Oscar winner. Yeah. Quick, hand me my Bud Brownies. Like, like that's stuff like that I appreciate. Does it need to be made? Hell no! Not even close. No, 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 no. But those are not... They're chase. I don't even think they're trying to chase Jaws at that point. They're like, yeah, we're going to do our own fucking thing. But you have these sequels, three sequels, in a... What has created a franchise that should just shouldn't have existed. Like, I would argue that with a few other... There's a few other movies that I would argue the same thing for. Texas Chainsaw Massacre didn't really need sequels. But I got them. Friday the 13th, did that really need a sequel? No, it was cash grab. They put him in a fucking potato sack, and then later on, oh, hey, we got to put him in a hockey mask. Oh, hey, we're gonna just going to keep it going. And then we're going to put him in space. Yeah, and it's like, it's all... When you have a movie that has an ending, like Texas Chainsaw or Jaws, like the movie ended, done. We have a pretty bow on it, tie it up, moving on, cut the check. However, you know, the, yeah. the thing that Anthony Mackie uses. <laughs> Cut the check. Like, we're done. Those are the movies that it's like, you know what? They've they've got they're they've been received well. They have um the audiences love them, those sorts of things. It's like, yeah, we can leave those alone. There's really nothing to expand on. When you have something like like Jaws, where Peter Benchley wrote a book with an ending, you're out of source material at that point. There was no sequel to Jaws that Benchley wrote. 
Jaws 2 eventually got a novelization, but that wasn't the original Benchley source material. Benchley wrote a good amount of other stuff. I can't recall if anything else he's done has been put to film or not. Um, I have to look that up. I have to. Look, I don't have to come back to that. But I've read a couple of his other novels, and like White Shark is a good one. Mm-hmm. That one is um, genetically modified, basically genetically modified Nazis. Uh, that one's tons of fun. Um, you know, if you're into that sort of thing. So like he's he's written a, a decent amount of their material that nobody's ever really touched. It's sort of like Jaws was his claim to fame, which is both a blessing and a curse depending on how you want to look at it because he accidentally kicked off the shark massacre. He didn't mean it, but it happened. Um, all because he read a newspaper article. So like they ran out of source material, so they're trying to force this universe to become a little bigger and to do a little more. It just didn't have to happen. Um, you could potentially argue, okay, well, maybe Jaws 2 could could have a place but really did we need the other two like it's just it's one of those those things it's like the <sighs> if if you ever watch the documentary uh for jaws 2 it's it's really funny lo- listening to the producers because that's the mindset that they had they uh, again they were in making zanuck and brown yeah they were making jaws 2 because jaws 1 was a smash hit so let's Continue building on that. They and went. they got the same writers from Jaws 1, too. The ones who did... They did the screenplay, Carl yeah. Gottlieb. So it's 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 strange it how... It works. They couldn't... But they couldn't do it twice. It, it, it works. They just didn't get to that level. But they had a joke during the production. And they made, like, t-shirts with it and stuff like that. They were going to go ahead and get set up to do Jaws 3. But it was... They didn't know it was going to be, like, 3D or anything like that. But it was, like, it was going to be... The, the title that they had that they were met they were joking around with was it was gonna be Jaws Three, Human Zero, and it was gonna be it was gonna be a, 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 a not a spoof but it was gonna be it sounds kind of spoofy it was gonna be a comedy it wasn't gonna be horror they were they were gonna make fun of it because they were like well three would have been the the magic number to, to end it on and just well, have fun with it but they were like we don't the, care when like, did Back to the Future Two come out nineteen eighty seven yeah, I believe eighty six or eighty seven, something around that. Because eighty five was when Back to the Future one came out. I want to say it was eighty six or eighty seven when Back to the Future two. Yeah, it was a couple years. Out. Yeah. So, in that one, Marty goes to the future. To I tw- love that we were talking about Back to the Future right now. To twenty fifteen to twenty fifteen, which we've already blown past. <laughs> anyway, thankfully we never dressed like that. But Jaws nineteen had come out, and that was the joke. It was like the holographic shark on the bill on the um the uh, marquee yeah and it was a whole thing and because jaws 2 was really the movie that kind of kicked off the sequel craze oops but it's like jaws 19 and in in 80 at that point we'd already had the three jaws movies and let's see 86 we've already had at least five friday the 13th movies we were working on the third nightmare on elm street movie We've had one, two, two Halloween movies with a third, three Halloween movies, fourth on the... So you see what I'm trying to say here. Like, yeah. the 80s was the time of the sequel, all because of Jaws 2. Mm-hmm. So if anybody wants to place the blame on cash-grabby sequels, please direct your comments to Zanuck and Brown, <laughs> whichever of them is yeah. still alive. Again, they're, they're the ones you want to look at. Again, that was... 
the stuff that they were talking about and the the great thing about Jaws 1 is that they had no fucking clue it was going to be as big as it was. They also didn't know what they were doing. No. And, they were winging it the whole time. The reasoning that Spielberg gave to the producers when they asked him to come back to do Jaws 2 was he was like, I don't want to do it. I had a terrible time filming on the water. It was... It was, it was miserable. It was miserable. I do not want to do it. And so that's when they ended up having to go and find somebody else. Um, they had a little bit of a better time, but it was still, they you know ran into the same problems with uh, just all the filming shit that they had to do. But um, they made it a little bit easier because they only did a few, I think it was like a few days on Amity. Or in Martha's Vineyard, in the town of uh, Well, yeah, because Amity. the Cape Cod Commission also didn't want them there either. Yes, yeah, so they were able to, to, to do certain things on the island, or like on land, and then they ended up moving it all over to Florida. Yeah. And then filmed uh, the rest of the Actually, the town is listed on the IMDb page. Let me look it up real quick. Yeah, but that was the thing was, uh, like, I still think that's really, like, a, a, a cool thing, but at the same time... Where the producers and everyone are just it saying... It was like, moved to Okaloosa Island. Okaloosa? Cool. Um, I have never heard of that. I've lived in Florida my uh, whole life. It looks like Panhandle because it Is says it Pan- okay. Okaloosa Island, Navarre Beach, Destin. Oh, okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so but that was the thing is like with the producers and yeah, it's like, you know, for them just to go, well, we need to bank on... What we, what we could do and, you know, if we already have a formula of what could work... Let's go for it. But I like that the director for this film, when he read it, read the script early, the I, I forget which um, I forget which I think it was the f- uh, photography director or, or it was the it was somebody that was uh, was in charge of the story and whatnot. He mentioned that, oh, it's like, oh, well, the first movie didn't have the shark in it, so we can't show it The like the the production company and like everybody like that was a head the heading the film said no shark and then the director was like no we need to have like more shark because we've already we already got that with the last film i'm not going to make the same film a second time i'm going to do something a little different which that's why i said i like i appreciate that because he wanted to do something that wasn't spielberg he wanted to do something that was his own that he could kind of make it but it was and but having all the you know same people that filmed the first one, which is very hard to do, continue on, and they they made something that felt it was it was pretty it, it kind of it worked on the same level, and you got the same feel out of it. Whereas with Jaws 3D, you had a completely different feel, a completely different type of movie. Yeah, that I'd go with that. It it does it is cohesive with yeah. the first movie to to a point. Yeah. Um because I'm, of the filming and the general like vibe of the whole thing. And I try to think back to like some uh like other like slasher movies or, or horror movies and I mean at least it didn't do something like Evil Dead Two to Army of Darkness. Two completely different movies, but I mean it's like it kept with the same story but it was a completely different field but when you got something that was like um i'm trying to think of a good example um halloween one and two perfect they, they example. link up they link up perfect example because not only but and that one was because um before they rip cop 
Right. Before it was retconned twice now. Don't get me started on that. Oh my god, Halloween's a mess. But anyway, the initial run of Halloween, Halloween 1 and 2, you can put basically run those movies back to back yes. and you have just one very long cohesive story. Exactly. It, that's about three and a half hours and, long. And that's something that even like between Halloween 1 and 2 I find I find to be some of my well find to be like some of the, the, the favorites just because it mashes up perfectly. Same thing with like uh, Frankenstein and Bride of Frankenstein. They boom Boom. They, they right, run into each other really Right well. there. I have to watch both movies together as one to make it a, a full movie. Like it's, Well, that and they're like just barely over an hour long age. So yeah, that helps too. Yeah. Stretch the runtime. But that's a the thing was like with Jaws 2, because of the, the way that they just everything that they, they put into it, I felt for me as a fan, it just it it was just a seamless like I mean, I I just I love the the transition into it and having you know just uh, just everyone back. Well, I mean, when you got you know Mira Vaughn, you got Bro, you got Ellen, everyone's back. Even the the people that you know, the hotel or you know owners, everyone's back on the island. Well, that and, sounds like a conclusion to me. Then what's your skull rating? If that's um, your conclusion on this movie. It, I have to give this thing a four point five. It is high. It is not a perfect film, but it is high on my enjoyability. Like, the kills are fucking dope. Love them. Whoa, you're bringing that word back, It's huh? dope. Dragging that out of mothballs. Dope, son. Mm. Come on, Jack. Hey. Um, Y'all me. <laughs> Sorry, scary movie. What? It just pops into my head all of a sudden when you said So, but that was the thing. is like, the kills are amazing, and... I love the tension between, well, really just how the group of all the teenagers like just seem like a pretty solid group of friends. Like everyone's friends with somebody. I mean, they had like they the little believable. clicks. It was very believable. Even like Larry, Larry Jr., where he's kind he's of the dickhead dick, because he yeah. knows his dad's mayor. And, Spoiled rich kid. Yeah. and But then like at the same time, he kind of had that where he could come out of that and be uh, human and helpful, um, which is great. But at sure, the, if he was forced into. But it. I love that where the kids just get you know wrecked and they uh, just the the construction of um, just how the all their sailboats get mashed together and just the shark just wrecked their shit. But um, there was another little uh, there's a painting I forget the name of it. But I think the the director wanted to he kind of referenced it. There's it's a it's a scene in the painting where it's a group of people that are on this rock, and they're waiting for the like the destruction to come in, and that's kind of what he was referencing it with that scene where the girl is uh, just saying a prayer, and everyone's arguing with each other, and they're all just on the boat just waiting. That's what he was referencing. So I thought that that was a little nice little Cultured. touch. Um, I forget the name of the painting. It's going to drive me crazy that I don't, I don't remember it. But um, like one of the other favorite little scenes and something that was like insane and I thought they did very well was the helicopter. The helicopter scene was fucking awesome. And it was well, it was awesome because it, it never blew up. It just... Sunk. Tore apart. And... 
that was the thing is that most of the time, whenever you see like a helicopter, they stuff have like to that, blow it up. Boom! Blah, like big explosions. But this, it's like no, the propellers just hit the water and just shrapnel everywhere. Just tore all the sails. It was and, more realistic that way, though. Oh, very much so. Yeah. And it was it, more intense because that little helicopter was so light and just tiny that it was believable if a shark wasn't going to come up and just tear the shit out of it. But it was just really cool just seeing that there's another deleted scene that continues that on where they show the helicopter pilot underneath the water because as like in the scene, the actual in the movie, when you see the, the helicopter go under, you could hear the scream. I don't know if you caught that. No. You hear that you hear the, the scream like you hear it. Nice. And then that's it. But then the shot was supposed to go back under the water. The shark was still attacking the dude mm. in the helicopter in the bubble. And it was really cool. Like so stuff like that, Neat. I was like, I kinda wish I needed a director's cut for stuff like that. Mm. So that was my thing is that I for me, this is also a movie that and I'm sorry I'm going so long, I'll let you take take another two hours. But um, Thanks. this is this movie for me is very nostalgic because I remember watching Jaws one when I was very young, but I never like took it in. I remember watching Jaws two with my dad multiple times, and that stuck with me. Hmm. So that was something that so I. So you get a warm fuzzy in your tum tum about it. I always do. Like I mean, Jaws one and two is is always nostalgic for me. And on top of that, as I'm wearing my Jaws T-shirt. Like, I'm not joking. I'm wearing a Amity Island t-shirt. Um, yes, thank you. And, but, because we live in Orlando, uh, Florida, or, you know, just, uh, like... In the area. Yeah, we're, we're, we're around. But because of that, we, I have been going to Universal ever since I was a little kid. I used to have annual passes. I used to go every weekend with my friends. I used to ride Jaws all the time. It was my absolute favorite ride Duh. But uh, my dad is a, a civil engineer. I think you mentioned this on the last episode, but for those who are new, go ahead. Yes. So for those who are new, uh, my dad is a civil engineer, and he worked on the deconstruction of Jaws um, if, so that they could build Harry Potter. And so uh, for Christmas one year, like they had to get uh, – Universal had to give him and his company the blueprints to – the, for the ride so that they know how to uh, help deconstruct it in a you know safe manner and stuff like that. So above my couch in my living room, I have the blueprint of Bruce the shark, like the mechanics for the shark. Well, that ride was you know, based off of Jaws 2. It was. More than um, Jaws 1. Yeah. So. so like that, that's another reason why Jaws 2 works, you know, like it really holds for me is because of the Jaws ride from Universal. And even then, it's like after Harry Potter was built up, I've been back, you know, a, a bunch of times. And every single time, I still have to go around Diagon Alley and find all the Jaws references. Yeah, they got a bunch of Easter eggs in yeah. Diagon Alley, which is really cool. Uh, like, there's one, like, uh, like right when you go in, like, to... Uh, like it's the entrance for the Harry Potter location. There's a window. And it's a record store, and you can see Quint and the um, 
it's the bow-legged women. Yeah, it's like, the quints. The quints and the bow-legged women. I was like, that is really cool. But then when you get into, uh, is it Noc- Nocturne Alley? Mm-hmm. Um, you get into the, the shop. Dark, the dark arts shop. Yeah, you go into the dark arts shop, and there is a glass case with a sharp jaw in like at the bottom. That's supposed to be where the shark was in Quint's, um, uh, the Quint shack area. So, or, uh, or I believe it's just where one of the shark locations were. So they kind of gave it a little memorial type of thing. So I was like in that location. So like, I still absolutely love doing that every single time. And I mean, I got memories upon memories about that Jaws ride. Didn't you have something that happened there? Oh boy, you're going to make me tell a story. Yeah, because I want to tell my story because it's amazing. Oh my god, you have another one? I do, it's great. Seriously? Come on, have fun. Okay. Tell me your story. Tell tell the listeners. Okay. It's fun. So, uh, the first time I went to Universal, I was 20. Because I'm not from Florida. So that was not a thing. So I went with... I got a two day, my mom got us all two-day passes. It was me, my mother, both my brothers, and one of my brother's friends. We all went. Well, my youngest brother decided on day two he didn't want to go. So my dad came instead. He, my youngest brother had a girlfriend at the time, and oh, I don't have any girlfriend because he was, you know, 16 and was like, hey, I'm too cool for you guys. Fine, whatever, Billy. So anyway, we went, and my dad was, we took, we went on the Jaws ride that day, and my dad was seated on one side of me, and my mom was seated on the other. I was basically sandwiched between both my parents. And there was, I'd never ridden the Jaws ride before. This was the first time. And there was one of the turns where the shark comes up alongside of the boat and um, scared the fuck out of me. I'm screaming my head off. Because <laughs> I was looking the other way. Like, I was looking over one shoulder, but it came up on the other side. Yep. So it completely caught me off guard. And I screamed my head off. So we finish up the ride. We're getting off the little ferry boat thing. And as we're getting off, my dad's like, man, that was really cool. That was a ton of fun. And he's like, the sound effects were really realistic. So like, do you hear that screaming? And my mom looks over and she goes, yeah, that was your daughter. And he looks at me and he's like, are you fucking serious right now? And the fact that he didn't realize that you were screaming and you were sitting right next to him. Is- because he was looking the other way and he was having a great time. He didn't even notice my stupid ass. Until <laughs> <laughs> so we got off the boat and he's like, You've been watching Jaws since you were five. What is the matter with you? Oh, sharks are scary. <laughs> awesome. Um, so for my my, I have a one story. Okay. You have one story. Oh God, you're no fun. Are you serious? We've already gone almost two hours, and it was great. I it's loved it. Every minute did. of it. I don't care. I haven't even given it's my sc- Jaws. I haven't given my skull rating nothing. I know. Anyway, okay. You get one story. Okay, fine. So, I remember um, when the ride was being shut down, they ran a, I guess it was like for like the month, uh, they did like, you know, big specialty rides where they, uh, I guess they even like let the park stay open a little bit later on, on like some nights just to kind of keep the, the ride going type of thing. And I was lucky enough to go on the final uh it was like the last like couple tours um, that the the ride was going on like on the the last day, and I don't remember you going that day. Yeah, I did. Oh. Yeah, um, and or it, it wasn't like the last 
day. It was like the last week, I, I should yeah, say. Cause yeah, because it, it was shut down in January. I think they yeah. ran it late like in for Christmas, for the holidays. Yeah. They were running it later. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I, I did go the, like the last week. So, I mean, it was going there. But it was hilarious because I'm assuming that – like so when you get on the ride, you have the guy driving the boat. He's the guy telling you the story about Brody and Amity and all that stuff and also, oh, sharks. And he's shooting the guns off and everything else and story goes on. Well, <laughs> the guy that was running our <laughs> ride for the last time that I was on it, it must have been his last ride because – he didn't give two shits. He was so lacklustered, and it was the... Oh, no, shark. It was oh. the best. I was dying laughing. We were sitting there. I was in the front, and this guy was like, all right, guys, who's seen the movie Jaws? I don't care. Like, it's whatever. <laughs> like He's like, all right, so uh, I got this gun here. Does anybody know what a gun does? Do I need to explain it? Great, moving on. And he, he didn't even hit the switch. Like he like motioned that he was gonna because the the little lever to crank the boat up didn't even do anything. So he's like, eh, whatever. He just kind of like whiffed it and then just like kept driving. He never even touched the steering wheel the whole time. He's yeah, just they're like, supposed to mime their steering the <laughs> yeah. boat. So he's just like he's like, all right. Well, he's like start talking about Amity, and then all of a sudden like the shark pops in. He's like, oh man. It's a dolphin over there. I guess I'll shoot it now. <laughs> like he aimed and then like, I don't know what happened, but he just, he, like he went bang. I missed. <laughs> like I was like, wow, this guy's amazing. This is the like, best ride I've ever been And on. then like later on the shark uh, like comes, oh no, no, the, the first time it was, uh, they were supposed to play like, oh, these things are loaded and like they're supposed to like pretend like fire, like, you know, misfire went off. So he goes, oh man, I guess these things are loaded because it's a shotgun. Like, it's like, duh. And then he goes to fire it and like, so he fires it to his right, but the explosion happens on his left. He's like, Oh, yeah, and he points the gun back to the left. I was done. I was like, this is the best moment ever. He gets into Quint's shack. He's like, all right, guys, keep it down. Quint's sleeping, and no one touch my butt. And it's just like, <laughs> we get in there, the shark pops up. And, it, like, I'm, I can't even, like, focus. The shark, and, like, it's just too good. The shark pops up. He's like, oh, no, big teeth. Like, and I'm like, let's go, guys. And then, like... Come on, gang! Yeah. So we get out there, and uh, uh, Universal added in, like, the big fire uh, moments. And that that was, like, the other little story I have is, like, when they first added it, like, they didn't... It wasn't calibrated. No, really that thing was, like, like, we were... Fireball. Yeah, we were singed. But he gets out there, and, like, the fire, like, the, the shark hits the, the oil line... And the fire goes up. He's like, all right, everyone, get your weenies out. Let's go. It's like, and he just keeps going. And then finally, like, there's, like, the like the end moment where the shark comes up, bites the power line, and, you know, fries. He's like, oh, calamari. I'm like, I was like, it's a shark. He's like, he's like, eh, it's all sushi to me. Like, it's whatever. It's like, this guy's a genius. Like, and then we got all, I shook the guy's hand, like, when I left. I was like, that was the best ride I've ever had. I've been on that thing so many times, and I love every moment of it, and I miss it 
But that one, I love that that was like my final voyage. It's just the guy that did, guy that did not give a shit. All. That's so fucking good. So, all right. I'm going to shut up now. You have the floor. Because? Joss. Anyway, so my skull rating is not yours. No. Nah. I gave it a 2.8. Ooh. Yeah. Like I said, this was an egregious and unnecessary film. Uh, it didn't need to exist. Nor do I think it should exist. Um, was there a little bit of entertainment value? Sure. But overall, it was basically a retread of Jaws, just not done quite as well. And outside of, like, Brody kind of slowly losing his mind, I really wasn't into it. I was kind of bored. Um, I do... I did like getting a little more of Ellen, though, because I really liked the Ellen Brody character in the first film, and I quite liked her... In this one, also sidebar, I was looking on IMDb while we were chatting earlier, and as we we're recording this, it's August sixteenth. Today is Lorraine Gary's eighty fourth birthday. Hey, happy birthday! So, happy birthday to Lorraine Gary. Um, by the time this drops in a couple of weeks, she'll have been eighty four for a little bit, but you know, happy birthday, anyways. So I liked getting more Ellen Brody. I liked that character. Um, that's where that ends is here because we don't need psychic connections with sharks silly uh wait psychic connections with sharks uh, you meant with her and brody no she was psychically linked to the shark oh in part the one you don't want to talk about yeah Yeah. now i remember her having like the visions of of brody saying small you son of a bitch and she she rams it with a big shit i hate that movie so that movie so much boy i can't wait to get to that one oh. uh at least, oh. <laughs> at least michael kane was in it i guess that's better no it's not <laughs> but anyway so yeah i liked getting... what why do we fall because we need a, a new to pool. get our ass away from jaws the river <laughs> The only reason he made that movie was because he needed a pool at his vacation home it wasn't for any other reason also missed getting an oscar to film that piece of shit that's so, true. Too. That's yeah. fun. But uh, I digress. <laughs> so, yeah, 2.8 on this one. Um, the special effects were a little bit better. I thought the shark looked a little bit better overall, despite solving some old problems to create new problems. Um, the acting of a lot of the teenagers was okay. I found a lot of the adults frustrating because. Like I was explaining before at the city council meeting, it was just sort of like nobody wanted to believe Brody. Hi, we've done this already. We've done this once before. We're just going to pretend that it didn't happen five years prior? Or, like, are you willfully ignorant? Are you stupid? Are you just, is this power tripping? What are we doing here? I didn't like any, most of the adult characters uh, outside of the Brodies in this at all. Um, I thought Mike was charming. I really liked him. Um, I really liked Sean, getting a little bit more Sean is like the bratty little brother who's like, so you're taking me with you or I'm going to tell mom and dad, right? Like doing that thing, which, you know, anyone who has younger siblings knows <laughs> that's a thing. Um, Michael, <laughs> you son of a bitch. <laughs> Why are you out of your little shit? <laughs> so some of the relationships were kind of nice. Um, it really, it hurts my heart a little bit though, because it is filmed a good chunk of it was filmed on Martha's Vineyard and this past summer I've had a lot of homesickness for the Cape um so that it 
I didn't really like watching it specifically for that. That was one of the reasons. Um, was just because I, I haven't been back in so long that I'm actually weirdly kind of pining for it, which if you told me that at 18, I'd have laughed you off the face of the island. But here I am 18 years later going, boy, I kind of would like to go back at some point. So that was really hard to watch. Um, but overall, yeah, I, sometimes I have fun with sequels. Um, you've probably heard some of our past episodes if you've been listening for a while on some of the sequels where I actually quite enjoy them, like Hall- uh, Halloween 2, the original John Carpenter offshoot. Uh, I actually quite like that one. I yeah. actually almost like it better than Halloween. Strangely enough, so do I. And I do not really like Halloween. So, in some cases, I actually do prefer a sequel. Um over an original or I like it just as much as the original but this is one of those cases where I'm just sort of like why did this need to exist so Jaws 2 gets a 2.8 for me um I guess we'll eventually get around to doing Jaws 3 and potentially 4 if I just feel like torturing Lunchbox which could very well be a thing um it's not gonna be maybe in a couple months I have an idea and we might just have to skip 3 and go straight into the shit yeah, show. Yeah, we've talked about that. We'll yeah. figure out if that's going to be a thing or not. So, I don't know. We got like we got to really sit down, but that that might be something just to get it off the off the hot plate and into the just get it over with. Yeah. Rip that fucking band-aid off. Yeah. All right, so that's it for Jaws 2, and that's it for a creature feature month. Um this one was interesting. I really I really liked doing the Island of Lost Souls. That one was probably my favorite one out of the month. Uh, I just I like really enjoyed everything about that, and then having it based off of a classic. Wait, you didn't like Black Sheep? I'm offended. Uh... <laughs> that Oscar worthy movie. Uh... <laughs> uh... <laughs> Come on, like this. For the creature features, I mean, they're always fun, and I kind of like that we didn't go for typical um, to a degree. So, uh, and also, I mean, we got plenty of other creature features that we can do, and if you guys have any suggestions and you guys like, you know, want us to do some more, hey. Yeah, if you want us to throw in a monster movie anywhere, you can email us at creepinitreal.cm at gmail.com. So we'll get that plug out of the way real quick. Segway. And next month, we're supposed to be doing remakes. Mm. For the month of September. But we might be discussing this idea that Lunchy has. Oh, no, no, no. We're going to do remakes. Because we're, we're going to... I need a buffer. Like, I need... Oh, I need a I need, need a, a cooling-off period for yeah. doing this. I mean, okay. if you want, I'll tell the listeners what I my idea is. No, 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 We'll talk about it later. Actually, you know what? No. We're going to do it. Right here. Right now. So we're not on doing... On Jaws 2. We're not doing remakes next month at all? Oh, no, we're doing the remix next month. Okay. I want to do that. That is something that I actually want to do. We're doing remix next month. It's going to be enjoyable, so stick, you know, stay tuned to that. But I think the following month, we're going to do, I'm going to call it the dumpster fire. It is all, we're going to do, I think it's like four, maybe five movies that we absolutely hate. Oh, Lord. I am going to throw in Jaws the Revenge. I can't believe I said it without throwing up. But we're going to do that. You're going to pick out one other movie. And then if you guys that are listening have any suggestions about movies that are absolutely hated, please 
follow up because not next month the month after we're gonna so do it october is dumpster fire month oh it's gonna be october Ooh, we might need to push it back i forgot it was halloween <laughs> You want to ruin Halloween? I don't want to ruin Halloween. I want to have a good Halloween. Maybe we need to swap the remakes and the dumpster fire so that way it works. We'll figure it out. But if you guys have any suggestions before, like between now and then, now let us know. In, in October, it could potentially be November's theme anyway. Just fucking just email me. If God, I movie, got this shit on my hand. If there's a movie you hate... And you feel as though it needs to be trashed. Again, email us at creepinitreal.cm at gmail.com. Hit us up on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Slasher at creepinitreal, R-E-E-L, as in movie reel. Um, if you want to buy some sweet-ass merch, you can go ahead and go to creepinitreal.redbubble.com or click the link in the Instagram bio to get yourself a one-of-a-kind Unique design done by Mr. Lunchbox on t-shirts, stationery, home goods, you name it. Redbubble probably has it. It's worth taking a look. And an honor I have created because Jaws shirt. Finally? I have done it. So I will have it ready to go. So go go and pick it up. And uh, and again, Redbubble's nice is because you can customize your shirt how you want it. You can get... If you want a red shirt, you can get a red shirt. You get a blue shirt, blue, gray, whatever. Yeah, it, it's like different type of qualities. But yeah, so I'm gonna have a because Jaws T-shirt, and it's it's pretty awesome. I'm I'm pretty happy with it. I'm pumped. I think that's gonna be a good one. <laughs> so, so until next month, when we do remakes. Oh, by the way, we're doing the Blob 1988. Is yes, our first one. that's gonna be our kickoff. Oops, almost forgot. <laughs> I told you, this one was going to be a fucking ride. Uh, so until we do the blob next week, I've been Meg. I have been Lunchbox. And if we do another Jaws movie, it'll be too soon. <laughs>